God, that's what we do tonight. God, we lay aside everything. God, there's so many distractions the enemy would love to keep us preoccupied with. God, there's so many things. God, we think they're people. We think they're situations. We think, we think they're circumstance. But God, no, they're a strategy of hell to keep our eyes away from the promise by inundating us with problems. Father, help us tonight as we jump into the second part of this series. God, to realize who the enemy is, how he works, and God, what we do to overcome. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. We got a long way to go, a short time to get there. So I need uh, people to jump out and, and let me get my notes opened. Okay, uh, uh, John Jaramillo, Ezekiel 28, 11 through 13. Jack Klaus, Daniel 10, 12 through 13. Uh, Tim Christensen, Ephesians 6, 12 and 13. Dylan Askin, Ezekiel. We're going back to Ezekiel. I'm going to look at just one verse, 38 or 28, 14. Okay? Uh, 28, 14. Uh, Tina, do you have, you, you read? Okay. Tina, I'm going to give you back to uh, Exodus, all the way back to Exodus, okay? And I'm going to need you to read tw chapter 25, 18 through 21, okay? And then uh, uh, Carol, Psalm 99, 1, okay? Uh, Mike Davis or Kelly, either one of you, Ephesians 6, 10 through 11, okay? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Carlos, you have a Bible with you? Okay, I need you to do 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. I've got a lot of scripture, which means I'm going to try to go relatively quick. But we want, we want uh, a lot of discussion, okay, like we had again. And then, John, I'm going to bring it back to Ezekiel 28, and you're going to get back into, uh, you're going to do 15 and 17, well, you could do 15, well, no, 15 and 17. Actually, no, John, that's, that's fine. Uh, 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 not you, John. Um, no, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Justin. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Sherelle, Miss Sherelle. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sitting here thinking, where's Justin? So my mind's focused. Okay, anyway, Sherelle, uh, 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 Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28, 15, and 17. I want you to skip 13, or 16. Okay, back in the back, John, uh, John um, Grantham, uh, Isaiah fourteen twelve through fourteen. Let me see here. I'm, oh gosh, um, yeah, we're gonna. Let me just stop there right now. I got a. We got a ton of scripture. Uh, Jack, yours was Daniel twelve or Daniel ten twelve through thirteen. I thought that's what you're asking. Okay, last week we laid a bit of a foundation on this. And I want you to ask questions. You know how you learn? You ask. Can I tell you something? I've been pastoring almost 35 years. I don't get a chance to go. Yes, it's tough to be 39 and be pastoring 35 years, but still. <clears throat> I'm looking good, aren't I, Tim? Anyway, uh, anybody not have notes? 
If you don't have notes, please, I encourage you. I do not encourage you to have notes just for tonight. Take them home and study in them. Study them, okay? So if you don't have notes, i got a couple up here. And if you do, uh, we got to get some more made if you don't. Uh, I put them together because I want you to go home and study them. Folks, you, look at me, please. I know us preachers would love to say that we're the end all. No, we're not. Guys, gals, you'll never grow if only time you do it is Sunday morning church. You got to go and grow yourself. You got to study yourself. Is that okay for me to say that? I'm taking some of my glory away. I'm the guy in the limelight. Okay. Folks, number one, it ain't about me. It's about him. But the only way I can get him to them is they got to open this book up. They got to open this book up. And Sunday morning church ain't enough. Sunday morning church. It might be a great paperweight at home. Blow the dust off and do something. If I've offended you, please forgive me. I don't mean to offend you. Anybody, I don't. Okay. So we laid a little bit of a foundation on the fact that Satan is a real being. So today, I just want to ask a question. Number one in your notes. Who is the devil and where did he come from? Okay. Uh, The first thing that I want to do, letter A in your notes. You have it right there in front of you. I want you to read these six words with me. Okay. The devil is a created being. Say that with me. The devil is a created being. He is not omniscient, which means he doesn't know your thoughts. He cannot read your mind. He is not omnipotent, which means he is not all-powerful. He has limited abilities, okay? Nor is he omnipresent. The devil can only be in one place at a time. And I don't want to pop any theologically egotistical bubbles, but I guarantee you have never dealt with the devil. I don't know that I've ever dealt with the devil. We've dealt with his demons. Okay? Let me call them what the Bible calls them in the the original language. Oh, maybe it was a movie you called, you saw. It was called the Minions. That's what the original language calls his demons. Minions. Isn't this wonderful how the devil just fantasizes it and, 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 and uh, emotionalizes it and turns them into these little yellow fat things? Oh, those are minions. Okay, if you've seen the movie, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just trying to show how Satan, he takes and, and glorifies things. That's why everybody falls in love with these, what's the vampire movies called? Uh, what are they called? Oh, yeah, I, just, I do not hear from people that watch him. Just kidding. Twilight, and what's the, what's the, I really, I'm not trying to put, what, what are the other ones? Uh, uh, Harry Potter. Dark, <laughs> how many are old enough to remember Barnabas Collins? Barnabas Collins. Collins. Look at Tina can't even raise her hand. I know you can, Bob, because you're old. Does anybody not Barnabas Collins, he was the first vampire, romanticized vampire from the 60s in a, huh? Boris Karloff. Okay, yeah. 
Well, yeah, but the, the glorified, those guys were the evil guys. But uh, Barnabas Collins was the glorified vampire in a soap opera called Dark Shadows. Anybody remember that? Just some of us older folks. You can get it on reruns. You can, you can go, what is that pastor talking about, you know? Anyway, so what Satan has tried to do for decades, centuries, but decades recently, is to romanticize evil. Just amazing. So the devil is a created being. Ezekiel 28, 11 through 13. Go ahead. Who has that? I do. Microphones. Go ahead. Then this further message came to me from the Lord. We're, we're reading NLT, right? Um, what yes, version? It is. It's, it's the yeah. New Living Trend. Yes, yeah, that's fine. When you read, uh, tell, tell everybody the version you're reading, because that way if somebody has a different version, they don't sit back and say, what is this? Okay? New Living Translation, a very good translation. Okay? It's a very good one. I use the NLT a lot. Okay? And I use uh, different ones. If, you, if you're concerned about a translation, ask me. Because there are some out there that are not worth the binding they're written in. Okay? Ezekiel 28, 11 through 13, NLT will read a little bit different than your NIV. All it means is they took modern language. It's much like the NEV, the New English Version, okay, or the CEV, the, the Contemporary English Version. Uh, the NLT is kind of a marriage of, of two or three different um, translations. I, I apologize, John. Go ahead. Then this further message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. Okay, now, now stop there. I think uh, I love the way the NLT says this. Sing this funeral song to the t- king of Tyre. Okay, now when we get into this, you're going to hear some words that are going to say, how could this be a human? This particular part of Ezekiel 38 is talking about the spiritual entity behind the king of Tyre. It's called the prince of Tyre or the other king of Tyre. Thank you so much. Okay, so if it sounds a little, who could this be talking about? You'll see in just a moment. Go ahead. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone, red carnelian, pale green peridot, white moonstone, blue-green beryl, onyx, green jasper, blue lapis lazuli, turquoise, and emerald, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. Okay, they were given to you when? The day you were created. Okay, so look at the picture. It says you were in the garden of God. Now understand this passage is a couple thousand years after Eden. How many think the king of Tyre is a really old guy or they're talking about somebody else? Well, there's a city, Tyre and Sidon, but we're talking about the king of Tyre, okay? We're not talking about the city, though it is the city. We're talking about who rules Tyre, okay? But the reality is in this, we're either talking about a 2,000-plus-year-old guy or we're talking about a spirit being behind it. And that's what the Word of God is talking about. He says, you were in the Garden of Eden. Now, I want you to look at something. You see all of these stones that are listed here? You see those, those stones? There's, uh, let me count them here. 
There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're the exact same stones on the breastplate of the high priest. We're talking about somebody of the greatest authority. We're talking about his original name, Lucifer. His fallen name, Satan, which means accuser, deceiver. But look what it, I want you to emphasize on these six words that John just read at the end in the 13th verse. On the day you were what? Created. I want you to get that in your mind. Satan is not an omnipotent being. He is not omniscient. He's not, he not omnipresent. He is a created being. He is an angel that was created, but he was created with specific purpose. And we'll get to that. So the first thing that we want to understand is he's not omnipotent, omniscient, uh, nor present everywhere, nor is he eternal like God himself. He is limited. Daniel chapter 10. We're going to get another picture. Now, this is not Lucifer we're talking about here in Daniel 10, but we're talking about one of his compadres or one of his pizza. Anyway, so listen to Daniel's uh, picture here. And once again, let's see, let's see how this is described. Go ahead, uh, Bob, you had it right? Or uh, Jack had it. I'm sorry. You got a microphone? 10, 12 through 13. Yeah, some of these are not in your notes, folks. When I, when, I get, when I get up on Wednesday morning and I start studying through the notes, God gives me all kinds of scriptures. So I got a lot of scripture tonight that are not in your notes. So please write down, okay? Uh, uh, Daniel 10, 12 through 13. This is out of NIV. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Response okay. to them. So stop there, Jack. Okay, I, I taught a series here in the church just a few months ago on prayer. Okay, this is a perfect picture of when you pray. When does it say God hears your prayer? The moment you pray. The moment you pray. See, this is the picture. The angel of God. Now, God doesn't always send an angel to come. We understand that this was Gabriel. Okay, and, and I'm going to talk to you about the hierarchy of angels here in just a second, though in great brevity, but I'm going to take you through some of the hierarchical structure of the angelic kingdom, which also translate, translates into the demonic kingdom, because all that demons are are fallen angels. They're not little imps out there that the devil created. The devil cannot create. All he can do is pervert. God creates. Satan perverts. You got it? Okay. So there's not a bunch of little imps running around picking on you. These are fallen angels. And they have great power. So don't ever think you, you just run around. We're going to talk about that tonight. Somebody asked me last week, can Christians rebuke the devil? If somebody will remind me, we'll talk about that in a little while. Okay. But so, so we have this understanding. The moment you prayed, but I want you to look at the key word. Okay, and Jack just read it. The moment you began to pray for understanding and humble yourself. 
I'm not going to get back into the whole concept of prayer that we talked about a few months ago. Did we get those recorded by chance, Bob? Sometimes the Wednesday nights, you know, it just doesn't work the same because we do it differently. And so anyway, uh, one of the keys to prayer is humility, is humbling, okay? Not humiliation, but humility. Realizing, God, there ain't nothing I can do about this. You know, I pray for stuff every day, and I get up in the morning, and, and I'm out praying, and, and I, I walk on my back balcony, and, and I got some real nice padded chairs, so I've been sitting on, on the far corner of the balcony, and they're kind of just nice and comfortable, and I just kind of sit there, but I keep myself awake. Some of you fall asleep when you pray. Pastor, have you ever fell asleep when you prayed? Well, not today. Okay, so, but anyway, I, I'm out there, and I'm talking to God. I say, God, I can't change any of this. I can't do, I'm praying, and I'm saying, God, if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. But there is an obstacle, and the obstacle is not physical, the obstacle is spiritual. But God said, as long as we'll get in the right position, and that position is humility, it's being humble, and saying, God, it's your deal. If you don't give it today, everything's going to work out just fine. But if you do give it today, I'm going to be a happy camper. How many have been waiting for a few of those days? The reason you've been waiting, same reason I wait. Go ahead, Jack. Finish on. 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. How long? David or Daniel prayed 21 days. And if you read the Bible about Daniel's prayer, he didn't just say, oh, God, thank you. Praise the Lord. Go on. Move. He prayed. He bombarded heaven. 21 days fasting. Prayer, and the prayer still didn't, the answer still didn't come. But you hear what he called the prince of the kingdom of Persia. I'm going to give you a little bit of enlightenment about that kingdom of Persia that is still in effect today. Okay? Go ahead, Jack. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. We're talking about Michael, one of the most powerful angels in heaven. But what does, the, what does the Scripture say? One of the chief princes, okay? I'm going to get into that. One of the chief princes comes from the, the, the uh, original Hebrew word, arche. I'm not pronouncing it well, okay? I'm not Hebrew, okay? But it's, it's arche. We get the word archangel, okay? Which means overpowering. Arch, angel. How many ever did any arc welding? Ever, ever seed arc welding? It'll burn your eyes out if you don't have protection. Well, these angels, there ain't nothing messes with them. And he was one of them. The Bible only lists two of them that I know of, okay? But uh, a lot of people want to think that, that Gideon, uh, not Gideon, Gabriel was an archangel. The Bible is very clear. Gabriel was a messenger angel. But Michael, one of the archangels, that just means they ruled God's army. They ruled the authority and the power of God. When the Bible talks about God's right hand, the archangels are at his right hand. They're ruling all the authority. I'm sorry? Well, I'll talk about that in just a second. I'll talk about the second one. The second one has a different name, but he walks under the same authority. Okay? So go ahead. Michael the archangel came to help me. Sorry. That's okay. You were right at the end anyway, I think, weren't you? 
um, yeah. yeah, there's one more verse here. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of historical understanding. How many ever read the, the passage in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11? I know the plans that God has for you, declares the Lord. Plans to not harm you, but plans to prosper you and give you an expected end or a future. Okay? This is what Daniel was praying for. This is the fulfillment of Jeremiah 29. It is the end of the 70 years of captivity in Babylon. Okay? Daniel knows it's over. How did he know it's over? Because the Bible told him. Jeremiah told him it was 70 years of captivity. So Daniel knew, said, okay, God, this is supposed to be over. What's going on? And so he set himself before God to pray, to seek his face, to say, what was going on? Okay? But how many know that the devil didn't want Israel free? He doesn't want the captivity over. Let me bring you up. 4,000 years later, the prince of Persia is still alive and well and hates Israel as much today as ever. You know the prince of Persia's name today? Iran. Persia was called Persia up until 1920-something. It was called Persia. And then it became Iran in the 40s, or in the 30s, actually. You know why it became Iran? Because it was the, it was the, uh, it was the uh, Farsi language. I think it's Farsi. Is that the language over there? Jack, you've been there. Farsi. Okay, the Farsi language. That means the Aryan. Who wanted to begin a race called the Aryan race? Hitler. Hitler and the king of Iran or whoever it was at the time. I, I used to know all these things, but I don't remember the guy's name. They became buds. And so when Hitler went over, they changed the name to Iran because they wanted to pick up where Hitler left off. That's why it's called Iran. It's the Farsi word for Aryan. Interesting, isn't it? Okay. So the prince of Persia still being the prince of Persia. And he's still running this place called Iran. So this is in correlation. If you want to get your notes down and write this down, this is in correlation of, Je of Jeremiah, I think it's 27, 8, and 9, uh, where God says, hey, guys, I haven't forgotten you. My plans are to prosper you. My plans is to give you hope and a future. You just need to get on board. And the fact that Iran and Persia still today want to destroy Israel. So do you think maybe that same prince is still in charge of Iran or Persia. Okay, Satan is a created being. I started out tonight by helping us understand how many have any problems going on in your life. Go ahead and lift your hands up proudly. I got my hands up, folks. How many have some today? How many can't get your hands up any higher because it's oh. Okay. Did you know your problem is not a physical problem? It manifests in the physical, but it roots in the spiritual. Okay, how many here is Jesus your Lord and Savior? How many here has Jesus promised you that all that come unto me I will in no wise cast out? 
How many said, I will give you victory. I will give you promises. I will give you hope. I will deliver you. How many, but how many sit here and think, I'm not, I'm not feeling that way today? How many think that Jesus isn't all powerful? Is not. How many think Jesus is not all powerful? Okay, so if he is all powerful, is your problem a physical problem or a spiritual problem? It's a spiritual problem. Why, if it was physical, he'd just take care of it. But God is a God of laws. God is a God of order. God is a God of structure. And 6,000 years ago, there was a guy and a gal that lived in a garden. And the girl decided she was hungry. And she saw this real nice piece of fruit. And she decided, I want to take a bite. And her husband, guys, I don't want to pop any bubbles. I've heard preachers say, well, he was somewhere else taking care of work. Nope, the Bible said he was standing right next to her. Because she took a bite and handed it to her husband. Either that's the greatest Hail Mary I've ever seen, or he was standing right next to her. Is that what they call a big, long pass, a Hail Mary? Okay. Yeah, John's laughing back there because he said, Pastor, you ain't got a clue, do you? No, I don't really, but that, it sounded good. And so she, he was standing right there. And the Bible says that all mankind came under sin. But something had to happen. And I'm telling you that story because this created being works into that story. Oh, yeah, he was the serpent. And the Bible says the serpent was cursed to the ground, and none of us were there, but it gives us the impression that the serpents used to walk above the ground. But God said, because of that, you're going to be cursed, and you're going to eat the dirt of the ground for all the days of your life. And now serpents slither on the ground, okay? I'm not going to get into a doctrinal discussion tonight. I'm just sharing what happened there in that place called the garden. But God gave us an understanding ever since that time. Who has Ephesians 6? Who's got that? If I gave you scripture, please remember because I don't, I don't remember who I gave it to. So I want you to read verses 12 through 13. What version? Uh, NIV. Okay. 12 through 13. 12 through 13. I don't think this is in your notes either, so write it down. Ephesians 6, 12 through 13. Uh-huh. Uh, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Say that again. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Say that again. Our struggle is not against okay, flesh and Okay, everybody together. Our struggle, struggle is, is not against, against flesh and blood. blood. Theirs or yours? Oh, theirs or ours? Okay. Our struggle. Uh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, you hear this picture? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers. Some translations call it, uh, another one is principalities. Mm -hmm. Another one is spiritual wickedness. Another one is, is spiritual authority in high places. That's called a demonic hierarchy. Just like a military battle, you have colonels and, and admirals and captains and lieutenants. And please, if I'm crossing branches, don't get offended by that. You get all this hierarchy. 
It's the same thing in the spirit realm. Where do you think we got the hierarchy? Okay? We wrestle not against flesh and blood because the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay? So continue on and, and the evil spirits in the heavenly realms. But what's he tell us about this battle? Continue on. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Therefore, what? Put on the full armor okay, of so God. Okay, so stop there. Look at me, please. Our first issue in dealing with the physical issues of life is we're trying to do it naked. Folks, I've been a pastor for a long time. And I still don't always put all my clothes on when I'm fighting the devil. That's not meant to be funny. That's not meant to be, that's supposed to, meant to be factual. I still have this flesh thing. And sometimes I don't kill this thing when I start trying to kill this thing. Are you with me? And that causes me to get deeper into problems. Because then the devil perplexes me, causing me to forget the promises. Because it's not working out the way I think it should. How many besides me have ever had that happen? Put on the whole armor of God. For what reason, Tim? So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth That's buckled good. around That's your waist. That's far enough. When the day of evil comes. You notice none of your Bibles, not just his, None of them say if the day comes, does it? When. when. It says when that day comes. Okay, first and foremost, the battle you're dealing with. Look at me. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's one of Justin's tow trucks. I don't care if it's one of Bob's, you know, mechanics. I don't care if it's one of uh, Tim's uh, 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 backhoes. I don't care if it's one of... of, uh, of uh, Yeah, Will's uh, uh, coaches. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, folks. There's a physical reality, but a spiritual dimension behind it that is trying to manipulate, trying to deceive, trying to cause you to get your eyes off of the promise and on to the problem. Okay. I'm going to take you into Exodus 25. Who has that? Okay, Tina. But let me talk to you about it. Uh, uh, John, Exodus 25. It, you, it, you don't have the notes. Some of these notes are not written down, so you're going to have to write them down, okay? Um, before that, I want to go back to Ezekiel 38 or 28, 14. Who did I give that to? Ezekiel 28, 14. Who did I give it to? Well, John read it earlier. Did I give it to you, Dylan? Okay. Yeah, I gave it to somebody. I want to get more readers over here. Jack, would you please to dial in? And then when you're done, over to Exodus. Okay. Listen to what the Bible says about Lucifer. Okay. The devil's original name was Lucifer. It meant star of the morning or morning star. There's correlations. Who else in the Bible was called a morning star? Jesus. What is it? What? Is, what? 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 The Bible calls Jesus the Lion of Judah. Who else was called a lion? Lucifer. 
No, they're not the same person. But there is a correlation of deception. Get the picture. What is Satan's whole objective? Well, to destroy me. You ain't worth enough. I ain't worth enough. His objective is to destroy God. Guess what ain't happening? God ain't going anywhere. Okay? So let's, let's look at this. Go ahead and read uh, Exodus 28, 14. What version? New American okay. Standard. Exodus is New Ezekiel, I apologize. I got too many scriptures, folks. Ezekiel 28, 14. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. Sounds like the one we were talking about in Ezekiel earlier, 25. Sounds like the one we were talking about in Daniel. Sounds also like the one we are talking about in Isaiah in just a few minutes. Okay? What was his name? The anointed cherub that covered. Okay? So let me work through this thing. Okay? Hold on just a second. Okay. Here's the picture of the hierarchy of angels. We went through a little bit of it. The seraphim, the highest ranking of the angels. The cherubim, second highest ranking of angels. Along with the cherubim are the archangels. Okay, those, they work synonymously. You asked me earlier, who was the other archangel listed in Scripture? The Bible calls him the cherub. He is interchangeable with archangel. Archangel, cherub, highest ranking. I'll show you in just a minute. You've got thrones. You've got dominions. Or di- uh, uh, yeah, dominions. You've got powers, principalities, and then the lowest are just the regular angels. There's nine categories of the hierarchical structure of angels, okay? And you have the same thing if you take it and reverse it to the demonic realm. You got the same type of hierarchical structure, okay? So I say all that to say this. He is the anointed cherub that covered. The word anointed means specifically designated for. I am anointed to be a pastor. God called me to be a pastor. He anointed me to be a pastor. You say, well, how do you know you're a pastor? Because you all say that I am. You see the gift in me. Am I correct? Okay, good, good. Because, you know, that's that's how the Word of God says. You know, they see it in them. I'm not an apostle or a prophet or a, or a pastor or a teacher or uh, uh, any of the other things, evangelist, unless the people see it. Just like a Christian. You're not a Christian by what you say. You're a Christian by what you do. Okay? So, we see this picture. He was the anointed cherub. He was specifically created. One of the most powerful in all of creation We go to the word Lucifer, bright and morning star. That's what the word Lucifer means, the morning star, the dawn of the morning. What that literally translates, the most powerful angel created. How many want to mess with him now? Every angel knew this anointed angel. 
You said, Pastor, he was like the archangels. But he was the designated angel, what's it say? That covered. Let me take you to the Old Testament. Exodus. She's going to read it. We're going to see something about covering angels, specifically called cherubim. Go ahead. This is the NIV. Uh, Exodus chapter Exodus 25, uh, 18, what? Through 25 21. 18 to 21. And make two cherubim out of hammered gold. Make two what? Cherubim. Oh, we're talking about the second most powerful <clears throat> angel in the hierarchical structure, the seraphim. Who are the seraphim? We find them in the book of Revelation. We find them listed three times. They were the ones that that covered over the throne room. They flew around singing holy, holy, holy. Okay? The cherubim also were the worshiping angels, which is why we have the understanding that Satan was the worship leader of heaven. He was the highest angel created, and he was created as a cherubim, which was the worshiping angels. Okay? There's, you can go to Google, you can Google all this stuff and you'll find all this stuff, okay? I don't have enough time. We're already 45 minutes into this thing, okay? So God told them to make what? The ark. You know what the ark was? The representation of God's throne. And what did he place at the very top of the ark? Go ahead, Tina. And make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Make one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other. Make the cherubim of one piece with the cover at the two ends. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upward, overshadowing the cover with them. Or covering over. Covering over what? Go ahead. The cherubim are to face each other, looking toward the cover, place the cover on top of the ark, and put in the ark the tables of the covenant law that I will give you. The King James or the New King James or several other translations will say they'll be covering over the mercy seat. Okay? Let me, once again, who is the anointed cherub that covereth? Lucifer. Who are the archang- who are the angels on the throne represented of? The cherubim. Let me take you back one more place. We talked about it earlier, the Garden of Eden. What happened when Adam and Eve fell? They were ran out of the garden. And what did God do? He placed two cherubim with flaming swords at the end of the entrance that nobody could come in. Why was that? You think it was just to keep Adam and Eve out? You think it might have been to keep somebody else out? Maybe one angel specifically? Why wouldn't he just put some regular angels down there to keep Adam and Eve out? I mean, we've we've heard stories about angels showing up 10 feet high, 12 feet tall. The Bible talks about these angels that showed up. Remember the ones that came to Lot? The Bible specifically says they were just regular angels. But they just spoke a word and everybody went blind. But God didn't put just any angels. He put cherub. 
at the entrance. The most powerful of the angels to do what? To keep everyone physical, supernatural, out. Are you with me? Uh, Carlos. Then who has 99.1 of Psalms? Did, did he just put them there to keep them out of Eden? Because in Job, it says he went to and fro between heaven and earth, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so, Satan still has access to heaven. There are some people who think that his residency is still in the outer realms of the third heaven. Okay? And most people, my, your pastor included, the Bible talks about three heavens. We have the natural atmosphere. We have the, the stratosphere. And then we have God's throne room. That's the third heaven. Most believe that all of the demonic warfare that takes place happens in the stratosphere between the throne room and earth. There's not much happens on earth, folks. That's why I say we don't need to get so, so caught up thinking, well, I'm doing powerful things for God. That's why I'm getting all the struggle I'm getting. No, you're getting struggle because it's called life and it's called there's a devil that's against you. Okay? Are you with me? So to keep him out, the devil can come and do whatever he wants to. But once again, who has the authority, Satan or God? So when God places those angels, who has to obey? Okay? Satan has to obey those angels. Why? Because God said. That's why we're going to get into prayer. Because like I said last week, somebody asked me, can Christians rebuke the devil? How many have ever rebuked the devil besides me? Every one of us in this room have. Okay? But let me take you into God's Word and say what it says about it. How many would like to know that you can really have authority over the devil? But once again, we talk about doing it the right way. I was getting nervous in here. Okay? So Psalm 99.1. Okay? While she's getting a microphone, the cherubim, the seraphim, cherubim, archangels, all on the same level, okay? We sing the song. You know, God in three persons, seraphim and cherubim, all bow down before him. The cherubim were guarding Eden, and the cherubim were guarding the Ark of the Covenant. Let me tell you something about their wings were over the mercy seat. Once again, the representation of God's throne, God's glory, God's majesty. When Jesus rose from the dead... What was the first thing he told Mary? Don't touch me. I have not ascended to my God and your God, uh, my Father and your Father. I have not offered my blood on the mercy seat yet. You know why he was offering his blood? Because under that covering was the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace of God. All of the character of God operated out of that throne room. And the, gar and the ark on the earth was a representation of the things in heaven. And God said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful for folks that know that coffee really is terrible when it's cold. If you're a cold coffee drinker, please forgive me. I'm a hot coffee drinker. Okay? But that's the picture. You got the representation. The Bible says that the things on the earth are a shadow of the things in heaven. When God created the temple, he created it as a shadow of the temple that he has. 
and that he is established in heaven already. Look what it says in, in Psalm 99, verse 1. Go ahead. I'm reading out of NLT. The Lord is king. Let the nations tremble. He sits on his throne between the cherubim. Let the whole earth quake. He sits on his throne between what? The cherubim. There's still cherubim. When Satan was kicked out, God placed another one. Think about it. Think about it. The cherubim, the most powerful of angels besides the seraphim and the archangels. Okay, so Satan, though a created being, we must understand he knows the ropes. I've had people ask me countlessly, Pastor, does Satan know my future? How many, you don't know, never mind. Let me, I'll tell you a true story on me. Before I was a Christian, I went to a fortune teller one time. Wait a minute, you never told me that. I didn't. I'm confessing it today. And you know what? This fortune teller told me all kinds of stuff. Told me about my future. If he doesn't know my future, the Bible says fortune tellers, if you're going to them, stop. Ask God to forgive you and repent because you've opened the door to a familiar spirit. Okay? I went. It knew my past. Do you know how the devil is able to know your future? Through deception. Because he knows your past. He knows what you've talked about. He knows what you've done. He knows your desires. He knows your ambitions. So all he does is manipulates that and says, Tim, if you will do this, your future will be this. So what you're saying is he knows what this will be. He knows your past. That's why he can tell you your future. Because all he does is replicate what you've already done. He knows our nature. He knows our nature. He knows the ropes. He knows what, a, what buttons to push. That's why when you pick up the phone and, and you call one of those, what do they call them? The, uh, the 1-800-idiot, what do they call them? Psychics. You know, how, how come the psychics didn't know they were going to go bankrupt? I, I was just curious about that. Is you know, they didn't know they were going out of business. Seemed like if they knew the future, they would know that stuff, wouldn't they? He doesn't know your future, but he knows your past. He knows what it takes to make you tick. Therefore, giving him insight into your weakness. He knows what you want the most. So all he has to do is come up and say, Hey, honey, you've got a dark-haired, blue-eyed guy in your future. And he looks like this, and he looks like that. He looks like everything you've dreamed about. You know why? You've been dreaming. And you talk about your dreams. Okay, I'm just making this up, right? How many know what I'm talking about? The devil doesn't know your future. He just knows your past. That's why he can make you think he knows your future. Let's go back to Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10 through 11. Who has it? Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Who has it? Okay. Was it you, Mike? And then after that, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, once again, verses 10 through 11. We're backing up. We read 12 and 13. Now we're going to go 10 through 11. 
So go ahead, Mike, read it out. What version? This is New King James Version. Okay. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Okay, stop there. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he gives them a litmus of issues and and stuff they're dealing with and, and stuff they're going through and stuff they're facing. And he sits down and he lays out all these different things. And then he concludes here in the last chapter, and he said, I'm going to give you the secret to victory. Whenever in the Bible you you hear the words finally, or you hear the words truly, truly, or you hear the word therefore, pay a lot of attention to what's happening next. Because he's just laid this whole foundation, and he says, if you want that to happen, you better pay attention to this. So he says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. You notice he didn't say be strong in the pastor? Pastor Ray, I can't can't do anything unless you pray for me. I I can't even get up in the morning unless you pray for me. Yeah, he's been praying for me. Ain't helping me get up none. But how many know he doesn't say be strong in victorious life? What's it say? Be strong where? And what? His mighty power. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 said, Exceeding abundantly above anything we can ask or think, we are able to do. How? According to his power that works in us. Do you see the picture here? Now what Satan wants to do is he wants you to think you're messed up, you're screwed up, I can't say that in church, can I? Okay, take that off the tape, Bob. You're, 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 just, you're just blowing it left and right, you're this and that, but you're really trying to do right. How many have ever felt that way and you're really trying to do right, though? Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Okay, you're, just, you're doing everything you know to do right, but everything still seems to be falling apart. And the devil wants to make you think it's you. When really, there's somebody that hates you, that is setting you up. And God says, be strong in me and my power. Hensley. You got a microphone? Real quick, microphone. Pastor, you say if you're going to a fortune teller, you need to stop going? Yep. Completely. Do not. Folks, they are familiar spirits. They're demons. They're demons. I cannot say it enough. They are demons. They... Okay, they're people, but they're powered by demons. That's what a familiar spirit is. They know exactly. Remember what when Jesus rebuked uh, uh, Peter? Who was he rebuking? Satan. Satan behind Peter. He said, Satan, get behind me. But he was talking to Peter. There are spirits behind fortune tellers. And they're demons. They're demon spirits. Okay? So let's go. Somebody else? Astrology, the same thing. Folks, why are you looking to the stars? Why don't you look to the maker of the stars? The stars can't tell you anything. Who do you think put them there? Horoscopes, all that junk. Astrology, horoscopes, soothsayers, medicine men, uh, kunandettas and and. All of these people, it's all 
Because we don't want to trust who we don't see. We go to somebody that we can't see. When their whole motivation is deception. Oh, they'll tell you all the right things. They might even say, praise the Lord. But it ain't the Lord they're praising. Jimmy? Let's get a microphone real quick. Yep. Uh, first, first it was traditional, uh, sort of like old, uh, uh, old Testament style of uh, religious sect. There was, there was the Navajo way we we called it, and uh, I was kind of into that uh, for some time. My dad was a medicine man, so. Um, but later on, right around forties, uh, fifties, the, uh, the 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 native uh, or home Navajo traditional uh, uh, medicinery and all that uh, it, it, uh, religion, it uh, began to in- incorporate with uh, the uh, what they call peyote worship, uh, worship with peyote, hallucinogenic uh, stuff, you know, and they incorporated. And then they also got the, the uh, uh, Catholic Church because when they prayed, when we prayed, they said, we, we, Jesus, our brother, Mary's, you know, our mom too, you know, God is our mm-hmm. father, you know. That's the way we worship. So they incorporated everything and it became, became more. So this was just maybe uh, a 10%. Now, uh, we only, among the Christians, we're probably just less than 5% real Christianity real Christ and the Navajo Nation so uh, mostly it's uh, the NAC now the Native American Church uh, so uh, the old traditional stuff you don't you don't hear hardly anymore and I I know what it is you know because I was I've, I've been there yeah. so um, a lot of times when we look at this uh, uh, my dad used to say uh, he always talked about Alex Riggs he was a uh, one of the first past uh, verse persons to plant churches on the reservation out, out on this side of the southwestern uh, Navajo, mm-hmm. and uh, when when he did when he was doing that, you know, he my dad would say uh, when he was practicing his medicine, he would say um, uh, Alex Ricks the the good news that Alex Ricks preaches that's that's the medicine, that's the real uh, message, but he said uh, it's it's there's parallel. Uh, is parallel. You go, you go this way, Alex. The gospel. You know, he's talking about the gospel. He said, Alex Riggs's uh, gospel, the good news, goes like this, and then uh, my uh, medicine goes like this. Our old re- religion, religious ways. He said, you'll never come together. He cannot. He can, He said because that's greater, stronger, but it'll never come together. But <laughs> us. We're so uh, sentimental and crazy about this stuff that Hang we, on to stuff, we put yeah. it together. You know, yeah. we want to keep it together. Yep. But you know, we can't differentiate between the the culture. We talk about culture. We talk about tradition. So we're all messed up. Uh, you got to bring Jesus way. in the middle of it. Jesus so, has to do away. But with I'm one glad my, for my my father became a Christian before he died. God. Talk about Jesus, God. like my mom. So let's continue on with what Mike is reading real quick. Uh, Mike, back there, if you will continue. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
Okay, and then he tells us how to do this. People ask me all the time, how do I be strong in the Lord? He's going to tell you. Remember, we hear the word finally. All the stuff he's told us before, he's going to tell us now, this is how you do it. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the willies of the devil. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. How do, what do we do? You, get, you stand against. Okay, I was talking to you, and we're going to get into this in just a moment. What are the wiles of the devil? Some of your Bibles will say schemes. Some will say deceptions. Okay? What it is, is it's, it's, if I could put it in literal terms, it's the methodology of deceit. Okay? Satan will work deception in Pastor Ray differently than he'll work it in Tim. He'll work deception in Tim different than he will in Danny, different than he will in Christian, different than he will in Danny over here, different than he will in Yule over here. Why? Because he knows the buttons. He knows what we like and what we don't like. Like we sit here, if you're a native person and you were raised in this culture, Bless God, don't you talk about my culture. If you're, if you're of another, if you're a black person and you were raised in this culture, if you were a, a, a Spanish person, a Mexican person, whatever, you know, and you're raised in this culture, you're ra- you know, don't you go talk, you know, who do you think you are? Just somebody proclaiming this? See, I'm not talking about your culture. I'm talking about the Bible culture. The only hope you have is the same hope I have. And I have to reject what was to accomplish what yet can be. And the only way I can do that is by what is. Does that make sense? And Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Folks, I don't care. Before was, was, God was. And that's what we got to understand. Are you okay? Okay, and that's the place we have to get to. Be strong in the Lord, His mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against. Okay, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. Go ahead. Uh, You have it, right? This is out of the Amplified Version. Okay. Be sober well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Okay, stop real quick. Look at me. Look at me. You know how you know somebody has what is called a religious spirit? A religious person who has a religious spirit is somebody that says all the right things and they're really really, um, exuberant about it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then when you walk around them in normal life, They're not so exuberant anymore. The Bible tells us to be sober. You know what sober means? How many have ever been drunk? Go ahead and raise your hand. I have two. I can count on one hand in my whole life. I didn't get into drugs. I didn't get into alcohol. I didn't get into all that junk, okay? I got into my high was music and Jesus. Okay. To be sober literally means to be in control of your faculties, why do you think they call alcohol spirits? 
Because when you have too much of it, something else is controlling you. Oh, I'm a Christian. I, I, I don't get drunk too often. Every time you do, somebody else is in charge. Oh, I'm going to step on some toes. Okay, folks, why? Because you're losing your faculties. Let me ask you something. How many ever said something you would never have said before except you were drunk? How many ever did something you would never do before but you were drunk? We've got a handful of honest people here. Okay, all the rest of us, lift our hands, come on. Does that sound like somebody else is in control? Well, well, maybe I was just out of control. Thank you. Let's all say it together. Duh. If I'm out of control, does that mean somebody else is in control? Okay. So, be sober. Be in control of your faculties. Continue. Be sober. Well-balanced and self-disciplined. Why? Look what he says. He's going to tell us why now. Go ahead. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking Who? someone. What's he, what's he likened to? You remember you have the real lion and you have a deceptive lion? You have a real morning star? You have a deceptive morning star? Oh, he was the brightest in heaven. Not over Jesus. But now he's a fallen star. Jesus was always the brightness of the glory of God. See how the enemy always wants to manipulate and deceive. You see the picture? Does everybody see the picture? Okay. We need to know who our enemy is, okay? So he says, your enemy, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion. For what purpose? Seeking whom he may devour. Who can he devour? The one who's not in control of his faculties. You know the only animals in the wilderness and the wild that go off on their own? They're wounded. They're hurt. They're confused. Or they're proudful. They think they can do it on their own. Yes, dear. Why what? Because we're made in God's image. Okay? That's why, you know, like I said, it's not a big ego-driven thing, folks. It's not because we're so this. Satan hates us because he hates God. And he knows he can't do anything against God. So what's he going to do it against? The one that God loves the most, okay? So he walks about as a roaring lion. So what's it tell us to do, Carlos? But resist him. What's it say to do? But resist him. What's it say to do? Resist him. See, Mike just read, stand against him. Carlos is just reading, resist him. Does any one of those say rebuke him? No, they actually don't. They say stand against and resist. Why? Whose power are we standing in? God's. So all we have to do is resist. All we have to do is stand. When we stand, all of heaven stands 
with us. Can somebody say amen? Resist him. What's the next words, Carlos? Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, immovable, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. What's he say? Look at me. Remember I started this whole night out by saying, you got problems? They're not physical problems. Oh, yes, they're manifest in the physical, but they're all developed in the spiritual to get your focus off the only one who can help you. That's why the devil wants to put you against this person or against that person. Instead of standing against him, instead of resisting him, now we get in a fight with each other. How many of you husbands and wives have ever gotten a little... I'm, no, I'm talking to the wrong church here. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Okay, honey, let's just talk about you and me. How, you know, folks, the reality. <laughs> the reality. You know the same devil that works in your life? Look, what's it say, Carlos? Carlos just read it. He said, all the people are going through the same stuff everywhere. Am I making any sense? So look what it says, Pastor, Pastor Ray, Zechariah chapter 3, verse 2, okay? Uh, uh, um, let me go, uh, Patty, Patty Klaus, uh, Jude, verse 9, uh, okay, back here, Justin, or uh, Sherelle, did I give you a scripture earlier? We're not going to get to that one. So I'm going to give you Malachi three eleven. okay? John, did I give you a scripture? Did you read back there? John, you already did? Oh, you didn't? I'm going to give you another one because we're not going to get any further. Matthew 4, 10. Okay. Uh, 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 D, you have your Bible? D? I know I got just a few minutes. We're going to go through this quickly. Uh, Matthew 18, 18. Okay. The question I was asked last week, and I'm going to set some people free tonight because we've been taught to rebuke the devil. We've been taught that if we stand up, we can make the devil run away. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. Okay, the Bible says to resist. The Bible says to stand against. There's only one authority in all the creation that can rebuke the devil. Okay, Zechariah, Pastor Ray, you have that? Yes. Zechariah. Well, give me, where's the, where's the microphones? Who's, three, two. One, two. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from a fire? Jude chapter 9, or Jude verse 9, who has that? Okay, go ahead. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him or slander, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Okay, you get a picture here? Malachi 3.11, who has it? Go ahead, Sherelle. And I will rebuke the devourer Who for will? your sakes. God says, I will. Go ahead. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. God says, I will rebuke the devil. Look at Matthew 4.10. Who has it? Matthew 4.10. All the way in the back, John. Back by uh, Pam. 
Then said Jesus unto him, King James, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. He says, Satan, get lost. You know what Jesus was saying? I rebuke you. The word rebuke means to disallow or to prohibit. You and I do not have a power or the authority to prohibit the devil or to disallow the devil to do anything. All that we're doing when we stand against or we resist the devil is we're coming into agreement with God. Who has Matthew 18, 18? Who has it? Over here, D. Okay? And we're going to wrap it up with this one here. I was hoping to get a little bit further, but this is where we're going to end up. Okay? So go ahead, D. What's it say? I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed. Loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. What that is literally seven, what, what that is literally saying, and I'm sorry I'm talking fast, we're, we're out of time. What I'm literally saying, what the scripture is literally saying, is whatever is bound on earth agrees with whatever was already bound in heaven. How many know Satan was bound when he was kicked out of heaven? He has no authority, but he still has great power, and that power is called deception. That's why he keeps people bound up in religious deception, in cultural deception, in marital deception, in personal relationship deception. What am I saying? Anything that doesn't agree with heaven is deception. Whatever is bound on earth agrees with what was bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth, when you stand against the enemy, when you resist him, when you stand against him, you know what's happening? All the power of heaven has been loosed to be at your defense. You're standing, God. You said you rebuked him. God, you said you defeated him. God, you said he has no power in my life. So, God, all I'm going to do is I'm going to stand. I'm going to put on the whole armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. My feet are going to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I'm going to walk because i got the belt of truth. And that's what I walk my life in. And everything that happens in my life, ladies and gentlemen, everything that happens in my life is in agreement with what everything that's already happened in heaven. And the enemy has to bow. Has to. And that's all I have to say about that.